and welcome back to the Elite Football Show. My name is Hader. I'm your host as usual today. Sorry, we're a little bit late. I've been playing around with sort of the branding, so that's all for me. It's not on my fantastic guests. I've got such a stellar cast today for the very first <laughs> Just Another United show. I've been trying to get John on for ages. Everyone knows who John is, John Savage. John, welcome, and I'm really, really honoured that you're going to be doing your first ever show on my podcast. Nice to be here, mate. It's nice to see a savage on the telly that hasn't got blonde hair and a great beard. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I've got James Jackson. James, fun fact, guys, James actually blocked me last year on Twitter, um, even though we'd never really interacted. And then we just <laughs> realised as well that we actually had very similar footballing views. I speak to him all the time. He's an absolute top bloke, and I'm delighted to have you back on. James, nice to find speak to you as well face-to-face. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, I'm not doing bad, mate. And I think... I blocked you because around Christmas, I think you had a grim time with Ollie. And I'm <laughs> I did, the outpost and I went, get rid. <laughs> Absolutely. I think John yeah. might do the same to me after this. No, I'm definitely not Ollie out. But guys, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, get your comments in because I've got two fantastic guests who will also probably say to us, just relax a little bit, need a bit of patience, obviously. Rome wasn't built in a day. So, yeah, make sure you get comments in. I will chuck them onto the, the screen as well for the guys to answer. But um, I'll start with you, John. Let's talk about Newcastle. Now, I rewatched the game yesterday in the mornings. I like to rewatch the game just so that sometimes when I'm watching it, I'm, I'm maybe I'm a bit more emotional. But when I sit back down and I break it down and United are fantastic, weren't they? Especially for that goal against, uh, sorry, that goal for Bruno was just absolutely beautiful. And um, that was more of what we want to see from United, isn't it? Yeah, it was that was United in a nutshell. Um, after the Spurs game, which was a complete debacle, I don't think anybody expected Ollie to start with that lineup. Um, you know, Maguire starting in defence. I was I was one of those ones that said um, maybe you should give him a rest. Um, but I think Ollie showed great man man, uh, man management in saying that he might have picked up a knock. So. It was sort of taking the pressure off him and nobody expected him to play, but I thought Maguire was really good. I know that Newcastle didn't exactly carry the same attacking threat as what Spurs um, as what Spurs carried. Um, but again, that took the pressure off United a little bit. Even when we went 1-0 down, our heads didn't go down. Um, not like the equaliser we conceded against Spurs. You can see everybody's heads go right down. But against Newcastle, we just we just we just turned it on even after Shaw's own goal, and I thought it was a great performance. I thought Matter was outstanding, uh, McTominay outstanding. Again, yes, it was only Newcastle, but you know you can only play what's in front of you, and it was such a, a confidence boost um, to see everybody enjoying themselves, and yeah, couldn't couldn't fault it first rate. Yeah, I completely agree. After the goal went in, James, you messaged me and like, uh-oh, this is it's happening again, isn't it? I, I did, I will confess. I mean, I think we both agreed on this. We thought the way things have been going, the way sort of made, perhaps, you know, the mentality hasn't necessarily been that strong. We saw after the Spurs game when the sending off happened, United just capitulated. But to turn around and win with that fashion was fantastic, wasn't it? And John mentions, obviously, talks about um, McTominay was very good. I, I was quite surprised to see him on the team sheet, but Mata was fantastic, wasn't he? And his link-up play with uh, Bruno was uh, brilliant at times. And a little stat here, they found each other 31 times. I mean, that's that's fantastic, isn't it? 
Is this me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, clearly, the the way those two played together, it's like they've played together for years, and I think that they can play that way together because they've got someone like McTominay behind them. I mean, he does everything. He does all the all the dirty work, all the hard work, all the mopping up, all the sweeping up. He's playing easy balls to them. You know, he's not he's not looking for the pass across the pitch. He's playing easy, nice balls to them. And I love watching Matt play. I always have lo loved watching Matt play. He's that type of play that he's never needed pace. You know, he's like he's like a Teddy Sheringham of the midfield. You know, he gets the ball. He doesn't have to look up. You know, he looks up, ping, ball's there, gone straight to someone else. Guys running off him just works perfectly for us. You know, I love watching the guy. But I was I was the same as you. I mean, I saw that team sheet and I put my head in my hands and thought, no, what's he doing? <laughs> no, what what is he playing at? And then yeah. I thought, Maguire, no Maguire's in. Maguire's in, oh God. Dan James. <laughs> no, no, and it's getting worse. <laughs> Luke Shaw. I was looking around for something to kick and then I saw <laughs> <laughs> and you have to sit back and you have to think right trusting other trusting the manager and then within two minutes Lindelof's got spun off our throwing a completely yeah. stroky goal down the other end and I'm typing to Hader going, we're going to get stuffed. We're going to get absolutely flat. <laughs> we, both, we both just like, it, you know I mean, what it is, right? Yeah, go on, John. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I just, I said, I'm not comparing the two, but when you watch Matter play, he is a, he's a lot like what Scholes used to do, where he just keep he just picks up the ball and he just keeps everything ticking. There's nothing, you know, he can do the spectacular, but he just does the the simple things easy, and he keeps everything simple and he keeps everything moving. And if you watch Scholes, that's a lot of what he used to do. Yeah, not comparing the two, you know, but it's very, very similar in what they do. Something I do want to say about Juan Mata is that he never complains. I mean, I just picked up a quote and I, I saw it the other day from Ollie. He said that he's had to wait for his opportunity. And you've seen a lot of players when they don't play, they throw their toys out the prams, they become a negative influence in the dressing room. But Mata's professional, he trains hard, and he's finally got his opportunity. And I'm going to push this towards you first, James. I'm going to say, and this is maybe perhaps a little bit controversial, but I think it's actually a shame that Juan Mata's come to United when he has come to United because he's such a wonderful player. He came, obviously, Jose Mourinho didn't want him, came to the club, one of the best players, and we haven't necessarily got the best out of him. And it's a shame, isn't it? Because he is, at one point, he was held higher than Dab Silva and players of that ilk. Well, it was Chelsea's player of the season for a few years running. And he is the type of guy, like you said, the David Silva, who was held right up there, is the guy that can make things tick. You know, he, he's, he's the guy, like you said, he can do the special stuff, he can do the easy stuff. And it is a shame that he's been sat around not doing much for as long as he has been. You know, and what we've done is we've, we've finally, it's almost like I feel like we've had, we've been getting players into suit Pogba almost. Let's get someone in to suit him. Let's get someone in to suit him. When all along we had the guy there that seems to complement, it can complement anyone. 
because he's a class player. When you put a class player in there, like Matter, you know, it, it can complement anyone, you know, put someone behind him to do the dirty work. It can slip out onto the wing. I mean, he's not the quickest on the wing, but he'll play out there. You know, he'll do anything for the team. He's selfless. Completely agree. John, I'm going to ask you a question here because I think, can Mata van der Beek, Pogba and Bruno, players who I consider with, they've got that, haven't they? It's that footballing IQ. Some in United haven't had over yeah. the past seven years. They haven't had that, have they? There's not been many players that have that it's that edge, you know, that something makes something out of nothing. They're, they're working two or three phases ahead of where the ball is, you know, thinking and being a bit more clever. We have, we've had a lot of workhorses. I love yeah. Tomini. I love his passion. Yeah. I think what was brilliant about him, his drive, his attitude, what was brilliant is actually he kept it so simple. But now that you've got yeah. someone like Van der Beek, Mata, Pogba, Bruno, Rashford's a clever yeah. player, Martial's a clever player, Greenwood as well. That's not, you now got a team now that can really go and break teams down. Can't you? Do you think Oli's found a way to break teams down with those players? Yeah, the problem the problem we used to have was we always used to struggle to to break down teams who sat back against us, didn't we? You know, we didn't have a clue anybody who could play that final killer ball, you know, defense splitting ball. Um, and with Mata, um, it surprised me with Mourinho. He stuck Mata out on the right wing. It, he was he was absolutely wasted there. You know, it's just complete waste of time and surprising because he managed him at uh, Chelsea. When when um, when Mourinho came, everybody said, "Oh, uh, that's Matter's day's gone because he'll he'll sell him like he did at Chelsea." But instead of selling him, he's got that footballing brain um, to play more centrally, um, and he can play those little intricate passes, and he can link up with the with the front men. And uh, so, yeah, with Van der Beek. Um, Again, a brilliant signing for 40 million quid. Um, he's, he's got that similar thing about him where he can he can just link up. Um, Rashford, um, I do, is, is, he, is Rashford a real an out and out striker? I, I don't know, but you, you know, on his game, he, he's he's one of the best in the world, Rashford. Um, and yeah, we've got that. We got those riches coming in now that we can play different styles. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I'll just bring you in here, James, because look, this fan base, <laughs> this May Night fan base <laughs> is so <laughs> okay. So I James sent me one of the best <laughs> messages. This was what a month ago. It was one of the best ones. He said, This is the United fan base. Okay. So you've got Guys like you who are obviously older, you supported United through the the pre sort of Fergie era. You've got um, you've got the I guess the vlogging fans. I don't really count myself in that. I do podcasts, but you know maybe I can be grouped into that. You've got the younger generation as well, the sort of FIFA generation, overseas fans as well. So you've got a brilliant sort of range of fans, but also that means that there's different opinions. Uh, look, James, yeah. this dividing the fan base. When's it going to end? Because you've got those that literally still worship Jose Mourinho over Man United. They wait till United lose so they can say, oh, Jose this, Jose that. Look, Jose Mourinho is a fantastic manager and he could have done something great at Man United if we had, didn't have those monkeys in the boardroom. But the reality is that whatever happened, happened. He's gone now. That's it. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But looking at the fan base, when is this going to end? Because if Oli does go, 
some managers want, some people might not like Pochettino if he comes in or whoever comes in next. And then you've got the same issues again, haven't you? And what can United's fan base do to be more united to actually point in the same direction? Because sometimes I actually think some people would rather watch United lose just so they are proven right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all you've got to do is watch it before every game. Before every game, all you see is you'll always get at least five tweets that will come up on the timeline saying this is it, all is done. You know, we have to get on it now. All is gone, all is gone. And they want him to fail because he's got this moniker of being a glazer puppet. And that, that's why they want him gone. You know, this is all, this is, for me, this is where the big split is in the fan base. Because they've got him down as someone that all he does is he smiles and says, my team's good enough. I love my team. We don't need any more players. And, you know, we'll go with that. And within you think that's minutes, right, though? You think when he says, do you, can you understand why people get frustrated when he says things like, these are great, we have great people at the club. I and mean, maybe he's talking about, you know, the people that obviously work in the canteen, et cetera, groundsmen. But doesn't it frustrate you sometimes that, there's got to be a happy medium between what Jose did, which is just mental, but you kind of have to admire him for that, for just throwing the owners under the bus. But then some people don't like the fact that Oli won't turn around and, you know, criticise when much more forcefully. Yeah, I mean, there is a time and a place to criticise, isn't there? You know, and he's got to do it. He's got to do it in a better way, like you said, than Jose did. He can't come straight out and say, if I was, I wouldn't go and watch this team. You know, I wouldn't buy a ticket to watch this team, like you were saying. I mean, what is that saying about the players that he's got? You know, those players are going to think, oh, great, great. <laughs> you know, what, what, what use is it me being here? We, you do want to knock your head off the wall when he says, you know, I'm, I'm happy with these guys because you're thinking, well, you're not, you're not because you've got a list of four people. We all know that you want Sancho. We all know you want Grealish. You know, we all know you want Upper Meccano. We know you want someone, you know, a CB. Come out and say we need to strengthen in four positions or, you know, like you said, at least make it more forceful. Say, I need these players or I want some more players in these positions so we can, you know, so we can attack. You know, we can go for the, we can like actually be challenging. Yeah, I agree. Sav, what have you got to say about this? Because I know you're, very vocal we had a little chat today didn't we in the group chat um about <laughs> yeah. it as well let me just tell you my position because um i think it's important and i respect everyone's opinion i think some people's opinions are a little bit rubbish i will be honest that's a nice way of saying it but when i look at it i think as obviously james blocked me in december i was very unhappy in december um i was just for me it doesn't matter who the manager is i don't have an attachment to anyone right it could, it could be, I don't know, Donald Duck yeah. as a manager of Man United. As long as they're getting the results, players are happy, they're playing excellent football, I'm enjoying it, that's fine with me. At the end of the day, it's a results-based industry, right? December, he wasn't getting yeah. the results. The way he turned it around was fantastic. And you know what? I was so happy because at the end of the day, I support Man United. I don't support Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't support Jose Mourinho. Had a terrible... Not a terrible window, but he wasn't backed the way he should have done. He deserved to after getting yeah. us into top four. Started the season poorly. Preseason has an element to it. But you do have to turn around. And let's say 
Oli does lose his next two or three games, at the end of the day, you are judged on on your results, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's. it's um, but uh, yeah, we can point to the to the preseason and and the and the um, the late end to the last season. Um, the way I look at it is, uh, I suppose it's hard to describe really. When he first when he first came in, you had the, you had the bounce back effect. You had the managerial effect, a change. Yeah. So um, he went on that brilliant run. Um, he went what, 15 or 16 games unbeaten, and all those players were trying to get the job, Ollie the job permanently, and they were playing some brilliant stuff. But then once he got the job permanently, then um, those players seemed to revert to back how they were playing that, oh, we've done our job now, we can relax, they got lazy. And, you know, this was the first time that Ollie had taken over a major club, he had all these egos to deal with. And he was, let's not forget, he was still learning as well. And um, yeah, he might have struggled to deal with it. Um, and then we had that dip. And then when he, uh, going back to when he come back on this uh, good run last season, yeah, it was a poor start. And we, and we needed to play our first 11 for the last 15, 16 games. He couldn't go any weaker. And that's why we got the results. But those players come the end were absolutely shattered. And, you know, they were, they were physically, they were gone. And I think a lot of it, it was a very, very short pre-season, one friendly, I think. And you, and you could tell the first two, three games, they were totally off the pace. And Pogba had COVID as well. You know, he, t- he took a time to get over that. So physically, they still looked not all there um now hopefully three or four games into the season that physicality is coming back so you know it's, it, and to me it doesn't if you're all in or all out you're entitled to entitled to your opinion the problem starts when each side starts abusing each other they seem they don't seem to be holding be able to hold cogent arguments or civil arguments once one side starts losing then the insults start, and that's where a lot of the problems are. Yeah, you see, look, <clears throat> my position, as I said, I think fantastic man manager. He's he's brilliant at that. And you can see, if anyone thinks that he's lost the dressing room, it's nonsense. Because if he'd lost the dressing room and we went 1-0 down against Newcastle, we'd lost 2-3. The way they turned it around, they're yeah. playing for him, they're happy. Yeah, I, I think you have to probably assess his CV and think, okay, modest CV, if not uninspiring. Can he take United to the heights we want? There are other things to it. We have to look at it as well, that we've got awful owners. We've got a terrible direct, well, no direct football. He's a CEO, non-footballing men in footballing positions. However you look at it, that's going to hamper you. But at the end of the day, you do also have to think, Yeah, this is how I think. I'll be honest, Sav, this is how I think. Oli, fantastic man manager. He's come yeah. in to do a cultural reset. There is a reset. He will leave the squad in a fantastic place for yeah. whoever takes over after that. Does that count as job done? Yeah. Is that how you would see no, it? Yeah. Um, no. It's, um, if 
yeah, he was. He was. If he was to leave for whatever reason now, he would certainly leave the squad in a much better position than what Jose Mourinho left it. Because Mourinho, let's face it, left an older squad. First thing, all he's done is he's got a lot of younger players in. He's got rid of some of the deadwood, not all of it, but some of it. Older players as well. The only thing I will say, um, like in this COVID-19 where there's no crowds, when you see us playing badly, and obviously badly, and Ollie is he's just there on the sideline, he's just sitting there, he's not saying anything, he's not doing anything. What I what I want him to do is react like a fan would react. So because we could be all there screaming at the telly when they're playing rubbish. And what we want to see is Ollie being like we feel and giving it to the players, you know, getting sticking it into them. You know, that's that's that would be my only criticism of everybody says, Oh, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing on the sideline. I think that's just his way, but it would get a lot of people on his side if he was reacting how we would react. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a bit more passion on the sideline. I mean, one person that sticks out to me massively is Antonio Conte. He's, an, he's a nutter on the sideline, isn't he? But um, is that what you want to see more? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see Oli on that touchline. Sometimes he's sitting there, you know, his um, legs yeah. are crossed. And I is mean, that inspiring, though? Yeah. It's the legs crossed in there. No, it's... it's, it's yeah when, when we're at the ground then we, we every fan can vent his frustration they can shout they can scream at the players the referee everything but now we're just well we're stuck at home there's nobody there there's no so there's no so the players aren't getting a feel for what the fans are feeling so what we want ollie to do is make it be known how we're feeling when they're playing rubbish when they're playing well great yeah shake hands be happy, smiles and everything. But when they're playing rubbish, stick something into them. You know, metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically, not literally. Some of them need it, actually. James, I'm going to bring you in on this. Yeah. We've had so many discussions. I actually agree with where Sab's coming from. Um, this is the thing, isn't it? There's too many... I don't like blind faith in anything. You have to assess the situation. You actually have to be objective. And anyone that is blind faith in, or also cannot give credit where it's due. Again, you just can't have a conversation with someone like that. There's some people there who will literally, if the if we win 4-1, the players are brilliant. Bruno is fantastic. If we lose 6-1, Oli's clueless. Where do you come in on this? Yeah. Well, there's got to be, there's got to be middle ground, hasn't there? And I've, I've said to you a few times, it's not blind faith with me. You know, I'm not, yeah, I want Oli to succeed. But, that doesn't mean I'm only in. What it means is I want the manager to succeed. Of course you want him to succeed because he's a legend. He's a legend of the club. Of course you want him to succeed. But I think the bar's been set for him now. His first season when he came in, we went on that spectacular run. And then it died off. You know, we get to the final game of the season and... Everything looked, you know, grim, and you're thinking, we, you know, we we could have had fourth, we could have had fourth, and it, we finished sixth last season. Whether we overachieved or not, I mean, I don't think we did overachieve when you look at the players we've got. You know, we've got we we have mm -hmm. before the transfer window. You know, we've got 
a superb bunch of players. You know, we've got the most expensive defender. You've got one of the most expensive midfielders ever in Pogba. You know, he was the most expensive player. We should be definitely no lower. We are four, third or fourth. That's his minimum bar, third for me. That, that's minimum the bar. third. The bar's third now. He's he hit that last year. He has to hit that again. Mm. And we have to. I think we've got to win a trophy. But we have to win something because we. It's all right. The three semi-finals. I don't think it even works to get three finals. I think there's got to be something at the end of it. We finished fourth this year. We know trophies. Then that's regression, and we can't yeah. regress. Yeah, and I agree with that. Completely, Green Devil says here. All of us have been on the same page with Ollie. It's sense and it's sensible. It's not anti or pro Ollie. It's pro Unite. Exactly, Green Devil. You've actually been banging the drum consistently when we do live shows. I agree with everything you say. It's what these play. Okay, I'll say it like this, James. I'm going to come to you first. That there's quality there. Let's just go through the team. Marcus Rashford, one of the best young players, especially in the Premier League in the world. Mason Greenwood is a generational talent. I know that's thrown around a lot, but he. How many 18 yeah. year olds have you seen? that finishing that composure he's the best finish in the club for me Anthony Martial whatever you think about him very talented player showed at the end of last season that he can he scored 20 goals 12 assists something something like that yeah. he can play then you look at that midfield Bruno Fernandes is a throwback to what we used to have back in Sir Alex's day that mentality is so important that dressing room did not have that so a fantastic play he's putting up numbers 27 goals and assists in 27 games when was the last time a United player did that yeah. in that time Paul Pogba, whatever you think about Paul Pogba, he's won a World Cup. He's supremely talented. I don't like the Pogba hate. I'll tell you what I don't like, because when you go on international break, like Bruno the other day when they asked him about those reports about the dressing room, what did Bruno say? I support Harry Maguire. I, I support the manager. That's it. Line under it, done. Every time Pogba goes away, oh, Real Madrid's beautiful. I love to play for Zidane. All this rubbish. But still, top, top player, and we know that. Nemanja Matic, when he hits form, one of the best defensive midfielders in the league. Donny van der Beek again. Look at that depth you've got. Juan Mata we've spoken about. Then you go to the defence. Wan Bissak, I'm a big fan of. A £50 million player. Maguire, £80 million player. I'm not high on Maguire, you know that. Still a good player. You spent £30 million on Bailly, £30 million on Lindelof. David De Gea passed his best, but still good on his day. And Luke Shaw again, £30 million. You bought in Tellez. Now you bought in Tellez. That's a team. That's a good team. Whatever you say. And yeah. If we're, they're not performing, if they're carrying performing like this, then the questions do have to be asked, don't they? I'm not saying Oli needs to go, but there's a good team out there, some good talent that you need to really be coaching and getting them to that next level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, of all those players that you've just mentioned, I wish Matic was five years younger. I think if he was five years younger, then... I think we can, you know, I think we can be challenging. I think a lot of the good stuff that happens when he plays well, that's when we play well, you know, because he enables everyone to do everything. He sits in front of that back four and, you know, he he, he does, everything. you know, he, he sweeps up, does all the dirty work. But like you said, we've got, we've got a great team. We've got great players and, Sometimes what what worries me sometimes about Ollie is we've already mentioned the two runs that we've been on. You know, we went on a 
great run at the end of last season. We went on a great run in his first season. But it seems to be fantastic runs and then we fall yeah. off the end of a cliff. You know, we, we seem to hit the wall. There's no ugly wins, really. It's So the question I've got to that, the question I've got for that, yeah. and I'll come to you after, Sav, on this as well, is that yeah. anyone that says he has no tactics is a fool because, yeah. I, you you know, I've done a podcast. Anyone that hasn't seen that, check it out. We we pretty much break down from what he did at Mulder and then obviously to Cardiff and then what he did mm -hmm. at Man United. But there is a argument that when you look at the sadly look at our two rivals liverpool and city you know exactly how klopp side's going to play you know the fullback's going to push up you know that um Firmino will drop deep to collect the ball you know salah money will run in you know they're going to press up high up the pitch guardiola is the same you know the fullbacks will come in and centrally you know that the wingers will stay wide and then you know that de bruyne is going to be buzzing around picking up those pockets can you say all the time that united you know exactly how united they're going to play apart from the counter for example we know that they do like to push Luke Shaw up wide, but individual individual brilliance suggests for me that that's why you're having these runs where players because players sometimes can't be consistent for a whole season. So if you're getting those run of games, something suggests to me that when the players drop off form, then alarmingly so does our form as a team. Go on, James. I'll bring you in on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obvious that he can set up a team tactically. You don't wax City twice without having tactical ability. People forget that if it wasn't for Lalana coming up and scoring in the last couple of minutes, that he hands Klopp a defeat. You know, you know, early on in the season. Um, but like you said, is there a you know apart from counter-attacking play? What what are we doing? Have we have we got that? I, I don't think. I'm wondering whether he's plateaued now. I'm wondering whether we'll ever get past the big runs, and then we'll reach the point where he can't take him past that point anymore. That's my problem, and I, I think I've said that to you in DMs before, Hader. You know, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think he's a great man manager. Like Sav's already said, you know, I think he can wind the players up, he can get them out on that pitch, and they can go and produce superb performances, like, you know, like we do against City, like we did against Chelsea numerous times last year. But it's keeping it going over a full season. Like yeah. the YouTuber with Sir Alex, like, we, like Klopp will do, like Pep does. You know they're going to beat these teams because, like you said, they've got... You, you look at that team, you know exactly how it's going to play. Sometimes with United, you're thinking, what what are we going to do? You know, what are we doing now? You know, I look sometimes at Shaw and, you know, he'll, he'll receive a ball and you'll see him go, you know, on the overlap past Rashford and you think, right, now go and ping it in. And then he stops and turns around and he passes it back and you think, no, 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 this isn't it. And... That, that's where you're starting to worry about, you know, what's happening on the training ground. Yeah, absolutely. Sav, I'm going to bring you in. Do you agree with any of that? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't disagree more, actually. I think I completely agree with what James is saying, but let me know your thoughts. Yeah, it's um, last season, what, what uh, James was talking about, the, the highs and the lows. Um, last season, uh, when we did it, the, at the 
down point. It seemed to coincide with Pogba picking up his injury. And, and when Pogba went out of that midfield, he, we lost any ability to, to break teams down. We were playing, at one point, we were playing with a midfield of McTominay, Fred and Pereira. You know, and I, you know, that, 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 sorry, but that is not a mid, McTominay and Fred are really fantastic at what they do. But they're not creative midfielders, and and sorry, not, but neither is Pereira. You know, so when Pogba went out that side, that was all he was restricted into in what he could do anyway. So signing Fernandez was a was a godsend, you know, and um, signing uh, Van der Beek and you know Mata coming back into now we we're getting those options where we can uh, play different play different styles. Um, I don't, I don't know if we plateaued on, on, uh, under Oli, but only, only time will tell. Um, what, I, what I will say is, um, yeah, we've we missed out on Sancho. You know, obviously somebody we need a, a proper right winger. We missed out on several players. But the problem is on Twitter, there are some accounts that make up transfer targets and everybody believes them. And so... You know, the, the, the vitriol starts there. Everybody's saying, oh, why haven't we signed him? Why haven't we signed him? When they were never even targets in the first place, it was people just making up names. Um, another thing is, um, Maguire, I, I've made this point on Twitter. He is a, he's a, he's a good, he's a, he is a really good defender. And we know that the Greece incident has affected him. You know, who, who, who wouldn't it affect? And the other point I made is, he didn't ask United to pay £80 million for him. That price tag has put a huge weight on his shoulders and, you know, that could that's probably affected him as well. Um, if, if, if we'd have kept somebody like Smalling, now, with VAR, Smalling would have been VAR's dream. He's he a nightmare, isn't he? Putting everyone penalty. in the box. He would have been giving away penalties left, right and centre. He's like and an awful Making it... It's, Right? It's like an overcoat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing I've heard. <laughs> um, but in Italy, shirt pulling and what have you is second nature in the game. That's why he's not giving penalties. Yeah, shirt tugging in, in in the area is is part and parcel of their game. Over here, he'd be giving penalties away left, right, and centre. So you know, Maguire, I think. Great signing, like you say. Um, all first thing that Ollie's done is he has sorted that defence out as well. We had the third third best defence in the league last season. Wambasaka, brilliant. Um, I and now when you look at the build of Luke Shaw, he seems to have more of the build of a left centre back rather than a left back. You know, he's he's filled out and also so I I I can see him being starting to play like a back three with two wing backs. Going that way, I think that's exactly how I think we're going to play on against well, possibly against PSG. If you've seen Maguire hasn't traveled near those by, so that makes Lindelof yeah. sure. Don't know who the other option maybe McTominay will drop into a back three. Um, the Green Devils got I was a, thinking, I was kid. thinking that, yeah, go on, yeah, I was thinking some just along the lines of perhaps Wan Bissaka might, might play a right center back with Williams at right back, something like that. 
My my issue with Wambasaka, I'm just gonna read out this comment, then I'll talk about it. So Green Devil, we're about three signings away from being a perfect outfit, but that means challenging in the Champions League. So surely we have enough to challenge in the Premier League at the moment. I think anyway. Look, something I tweeted out really late last night at like 2 a.m. Um, it was just something that was on my mind. I couldn't sleep. United on my mind 24-7. Um, I was so angry. You know, United is the, the bane of my life, but it was also the love of my life. So, but I was I you look at the table right now. Everton, fantastic start. And everyone needs to remember as well, four games into the season, when it's really like the fact that Virgil van Dijk has now sadly torn his ACL, that's blown the title race wide open. And it frustrates yep. me so much because if you're not going to buy Sancho, fine. You know what? 120 million euros. We're in COVID times, uncertain times. I understand that. Go and buy a centre-back. Go and use that money that you wanted to put to Sancho. And that makes me wonder, did they ever want to go and spend the money? Was it all just for show? Because, you know, you look at the situation. If Man United added a centre-back and, well, I think if they added a centre-back, you could turn around and say they've got a challenge. Would you agree with yeah. that, Sav? And James, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's um, with yeah, you need you needed covers. Somebody play alongside um, Maguire. Is Lindelof the man? I don't know. Um, he's had his good games. He's had his bad games. By he's made a glass. I think he's top drawer on his day, but he's so yeah, injury great. prone. You know, it's uh, you can't rely on him. Um, so yeah, absolutely. A, a centre back. Uh, at some point, they were talking about Koulibaly. Um, Upa Meccano and stuff like that. Even um, what's his name? Uh, Neves before, uh, not Neves, uh, Diaz yeah. before he went to City. City yeah. yeah, somebody like him. Um, and I know we made five, well, five signings: Cavani um, and these two other young lads I'd never heard of before they got mentioned with United: Palestri and um, Diallo. Yeah. Armadillo, Arm, Arm, Armadillo, the daughter. Calls Armadillo. Uh, Armadillo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but we haven't strengthened where we needed to strengthen. Cavani is 33. He's, he's experienced up front, and we've got these two young lads, you know, and, but yeah, a right wing and absolutely a centre half. We should have absolutely gone for him. We just haven't, we just haven't done it. And uh, the Glazers, well, everybody knows how everybody feels about the Glazers. Everybody wants them gone. Wood was useless. You've got to appoint a director of football as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing, isn't it, James? We we spoke and I've done a podcast on Palestri. If no one's checked out, really check that out. I did it with a South American journalist. Very exciting young player, but he's 18. He's played a handful of mm. games. You, you're playing in, in Peñarol, the biggest club in Uruguay, but this is Man United. Yeah. And the problem is, we've seen. Look, he's very, very talented, I, and I'm talking the best talent to come out of Uruguay in a long time. But looking at the way that Dan James was treated, and this is what I worry about: I worry that if Palestri comes in, or if Diallo comes in and has a fantastic start, scores a few goals in the first four or five games, that's it. The fans are expecting a lot. We know this. Even with Mason, I saw people complaining about Mason the other day after the Spurs game. I mean, this is look, this is crazy, but. They were complaining about him. One thing he does need to learn is to track back, but he's 18, 19 years old. These are things you learn as your game goes on. No one's a finished article, but this is a worry, isn't it? That the fan base isn't patient, I don't think. And when you put, you're not buying your top targets and you're bringing in young kids, there's so much pressure on them. And ultimately, we've seen, unless you've got the mentality of a Wayne Rooney or you know players in the past, you know, George Best or whatever, you're not going to be able to to sustain that pressure with social media. And then 
these players are going to suffer ultimately. I've said to you a few times on this, what worries me with these young players that we're buying, because we're hoovering up players left, right and centre. You know, there was a, at one point we got those two young lads, I can't remember the names of them, the two that came in at the same time, there was pictures of them. That was before Palestra and Diallo. And part of me is thinking, have the Glazers looked across at Dortmund and thought, Dortmund are challenging every year, so to speak. You know, they're around third or fourth, second, third, fourth, which is where we know that they want to finish. Um, are we bringing those players in for a new manager or are we bringing them in because we're going to sell them on? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're bothered in the slightest about ever winning anything. Remember what you sent me the other day. Yeah. Like, just tell tell the listeners about it. So we we worked out obviously the prize money. So that's the first thing. And secondly, t tell the listeners about the the shares that you were talking about that you messaged me. Yeah. So I mean, we've been you know I've been looking. I've been digging. I've got a few people that email me now and again and. It looks like, I mean, a lot of them are converting the shares as well. You know, we've got Brian converting the shares. Um, are they looking to get out? You know, to me, I'm wondering whether a few of them are going. I'm wondering whether a few of them are going to sell up. But, you know, this is what I'm, I'm honestly thinking now. Why are they converting the shares? Why are they, is, is there something else going on, you know, backstage, so to speak? Are the Glazers, I mean, we know that his estate now is going to be split. You know, it's going to be split amongst the kids. At that point, now it gets split. Now we find out what they're really into. Do they want to stick around for the football or do they think that's a big bag of change that I'm going to get? You know, um, it makes it a lot easier for us to be sold. It makes it a lot easier to be sold if someone can pick off shares left, right and centre, as opposed to having to say there's three billion. Because we've said this, Which is not going to happen. We've said this before as well. I've done a lot of looking at what franchises have been sold in the past and what, what's the most expensive franchise that's ever been sold. And as far as I can see, it's two and a half billion dollars. This is dollars. Two and a half billion dollars. Which is pretty, what's that? It's about what? 1.75 billion? pounds yeah so a third of united's value i mean but that's the thing was that bought by someone one person or was it bought by a consortium a group of people because you're right if they're picking off shares it's it's the way that malcolm glazer initially bought united right he was yeah. slowly yeah. chipping away but i mean i'm gonna bring sav into sav look the problem is the we all know this we, we can all talk about the glazers till we're blue in the face but at the end of the day their ambitions is money 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 our ambitions don't match theirs when does the lack of success on the pitch. We're going to seven years now without a title. We laughed at the at the lot down the road saying, you know, 30 years, but we're nearly a third into that. It's when do United start, well, when do these sponsorships turn around and say, you know what, we don't want to associate our product with Man United, you're not winning titles. Or are we too big for that to happen? Well, we've got, uh, allegedly, we've got a fan base around the world of about 700 million. 700 loyal fans and um, Ed Woodward praise on that 
he 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 goes to the sponsor and he says, "Look, we we can add we can advertise your product to seven hundred million fans, and they're and they're happy. You know, I don't think even the sponsors don't care if we're winning on the pitch as long as as long as their name is getting associated with Manchester United and what have you. It's still one of the biggest, well, if not the biggest club in the world. Um, the sponsors don't care about the the only way the sponsors are going to take any notice now to me." Everybody's talking about um, uh, boycotting games. Um, for me, that wouldn't work. But I think a walkout 100%. during a game would walk out. Or would, would work out because you're there. A, you're there. You're doing your bit. You're supporting the team first off. But then you're physically showing everybody on the cameras around the world. You're you're turning your back on the Glazers and on the sponsors and walking out. And that'd be a huge embarrassment for everybody. And, so, and the sooner the sponsors start, stop um, plumping the money into the club, that's when Ed Woodward and the Glazers are in trouble. And, that's, and that, that, for me, would, would be how it would work. What's your view when people say, oh, let's not buy the shirt? Let's... I mean, look, you have to... I've got so many Man United shirts. I didn't buy this year's shirt, but that's not because of the idea we're funding the Glazers. It, partly this year, I haven't bought it, but at the end of the day, you can't tell someone who wants to give their four-year-old son a Man United shirt, can you? That, who, you're, it's not, you have no right to turn around yeah. to someone and say, oh, you bought the kit, so you're a, you're a Glazer puppet. What can fans do? I agree with you. The walkout is one. But then again, the question is, Liverpool wanted Hicks and Gillette out, and they protested. You just got to look yeah. at the pictures. They all went down to Anfield and they made their voices heard. Ten, day, ten days later, they were gone. Would United fans do that? Yeah. Um, I I would. Um, I can't speak for everybody. Every Everybody's entitled to their own uh, ways and opinions. Um, but yeah, like you say, um, you get... So many season ticket holders at every match. You get so many um, tickets on general sale, um, and it's and it's those general sale tickets where the families are, are turning up, spending a fortune, you know, at the mega store and stuff like that. Um, and you you can't turn around to them and say you can't buy your child a shirt, you know, because it's a huge day for them, you know. And um, so it's it, it, at the end of the day, it boils down to the to the season ticket holders and the regular match goers to go and make go and physically make themselves up and but how often the glazers actually at old trafford they wouldn't hear anything from where they are um the only person who would hear anything is woodward and, and i think he would blatantly ignore it anyway you know so it's it's um to me that the way to protest would be someone for, for the TV cameras all around the world to, exactly. to physically see. You know, that'd be the best way. Yeah, I agree. James, you look like you want to say something. <laughs> I just think I understand what Staff's saying 100%. My only problem is we started talking <clears throat> about a divided fan base. And I think the problem is because you've it spreads so far apart as well. I think now yeah. you've got to be careful with what you say because you did talk about Hicks and Gillette and you don't want to say that Liverpool's more unified than United. But our fan base is <laughs> all over the place. You know, you've, like we said, you've got people that hate, people that love this, people that 
how how do you get all those people to come together? You know, I don't think anything's ever going to get done outside. You know, they, they tried it when they first came. Nothing happened. Didn't matter. It's good we were winning, though. That's the problem. This is the thing, United fans. If we won the title tomorrow, I guarantee no one will be saying anything about the Glazers. But the fact is, we had the greatest manager of all time who mm. just papered over the cracks. you got to think about when Ronaldo got sold. That's when all of this rot started. Well, it started the day they walked in. Absolute leeches. They're terrible. But you just have to look back then. No value in the market. Wayne Rooney questioning the ambition. All these things. The only issue now is that the fact is we don't have Sir Alex and Mosk over the problems. And now all the issues are just bare to see. And clubs laugh at us. You just have to talk to Roma the way we dealt with Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling deserved to leave. He wanted mm. to go. He's been a great servant for the club. As Sav said earlier, he, he wasn't suited to what we want to do. At the end of the day, everyone knows around the world that United are run by people that have no idea what they're doing. We've got a goalkeeper on the bench earning £170,000 yeah. a week. That was crazy. And we won't yeah. let Romero go without a big fee. We'll just let the guy go. Let the Maybe guy go. For free as well. That, yeah. yeah. That is just a let disgrace. The guy go. That is Everything he's done for the club. And they can't let him go. He's been happy to sit there. You know, right, it's your game. He comes in. It's a clean sheet normally, and we move on. It's yeah. a clean sheet, we move on. It gets to the final. There you go, Sergio, sit down there. And he should have played. Yeah. yeah. But he's never come out, has it, and said, that was my jersey. If I would have played, we would have won. Never. Never. And now what is it? You know, he's got to sit around till January. Till January, knowing that unless there's a catastrophe, he's probably not going to get anywhere near playing. And that, that shows you how much they know nothing it's, about football. They know nothing about loyalty. It doesn't bother them. All they want is how much is he worth? They, they're looking at the cheat. How much is he worth? Oh, he's worth about £15 million. Right, well, you're not going for less than £15 million. Absolutely. And if seven. it was Abramovich, Abramovich yeah. he would have sold him, like he did with Petr Cech, like he did with Matic. You've served me for this amount of years leave even if it's to one of my rivals leave of course you can leave do you agree with that sav you're, you're agreeing it seems like it yeah the, 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 the bit the, the bit that makes me laugh is we give bumper contracts to um the likes of phil jones who is who is injured at most of the time this you know one. and he's getting i don't need <laughs> yeah pretty much um we give bumper contracts to him he doesn't play, and like James said, now we Romero when he played, he was he was outstanding. He never let anybody down, and he was he was you know he more often than not he kept clean sheets, and which I'm I wouldn't say treating him like dirt because he's still getting a good wage, but we're treating him with total disrespect, you know. And 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 we've got it we've got it all wrong. We've got it we've got our priorities all wrong. I completely agree, and and my look yeah. I. I didn't have an issue with uh, Henderson is the future of the club. Mm. I still think United should send him back on that to give him 120,000 pounds a week. That is the problem in Man United. The wages are out of, out of control. He's what he's played 
he's been excellent and i actually think i love the hair and he has stepped up again this season but i think henderson's a fantastic goalkeeper i love the fact he is english as well so it's, you're not going to worry are you that in in three four years time real madrid will come knocking they might do because he's a fantastic keeper but that's the thing with united is that we're rewarding players who either haven't done it yet so too much too soon or we're rewarding players yeah. who haven't yeah. done anything i mean someone said to me the other day with phil jones oh but at the time phil jones was playing well i said every man in his dog knew that phil jones should have gone three four years ago so the fact they did it and it's cheaper and this is the thing isn't it and this yeah. is when it comes back to jones. it's cheaper to go and put phil jones on a 75 grand a week contract rather than to go and spend 60 odd minutes. I know we bought Maguire, but go and get Upa Makano because Upa Makano will be the best centre-back in the world within mm. two, three years. And, and you know, that's, that's something for sure. Guys, I know you both got to run off. So let's talk about the PSG game quickly. I'll come to you first, James. Okay. Um, when you look at, <laughs> when you look at the team sheet that I sent you earlier today, three at the back, it looks like Maguire's out now. Are people sleeping on Man United? Are people expecting them to, to be a bit of a dud in the competition. Do you think United might surprise a few people this year? I mean, again, it depends on how we can shuffle the deck. It depends on how well we can shuffle the deck. It depends on Cavani when Cavani comes in. Is he going to hit the ground running? Uh, are we going to get Palestri into the team? When you look at the team you've got, like you said, on any given day, we can give any team a game we should have beat Seville you know we should have been in the final and then who knows I think we've got you know there's real potential there we we can we can play the best in the country in this country and we can give them a game so why can't we do well you know why can't why can't we go further it's people looking and saying no no you know look we're, we're deficient there we're deficient there We've just spoke about the team before. You know, we're just talent all the way through that team. I, th I think we can go. I think we can go deep into that competition, definitely. And the way you know, we've seen the way people are playing. It's happening all over the. You know, it's happening all over Europe. Barcelona. Barcelona. Neymar is playing. Neymar. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is it again. Neymar's a fantastic player. Neymar is a fantastic player. But if it goes, you know, just say it's a tight game, we go 1-0 up after about 70 minutes, he'll lose his head completely. The guy doesn't know how to lose. He thinks he needs to win every game. He can't. You, you look at him in the, in the semis. You know, the minute he went behind, that was it. His form goes, everything goes. We can beat PSG. PSG have got injuries. Why can't why can't we get out of you know why can't we get out of this group? And then once we've got out of this group, the, the only teams that worry me really are teams like Bayern Munich. I did a uh, I'm bringing Savantis for the final one. I completely agree with you, James. I just did a Champions League show just before this reviewing all the teams and when you break it down Bayern Munich are heads and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. Liverpool sadly they are one of the favourites, but they've just lost Van Dijk. I'm telling you now, they've had two years of no injuries. Now they're going to start to feel it. Matip's also out for a little while, but Man City will be there or thereabouts, but they don't really have the pedigree. We've seen many times that when Man City go far, 
Pep likes to tinker. For some reason, they get the easiest group every year. It's a bit of a joke, to be honest. It's something that needs to be investigated. We all know what's going on there. Sports washing, as they say. But apart from those three, Juventus are in rebuild. Real Madrid and Barcelona are nowhere near where they were the past decade. Hmm. Dortmund looked very strong this year. But again, they seem to choke when it matters. Um, Chelsea surprise bag, but their manager's shocking and he can't coach the defence. Um, somehow he gets away with ev every bit of criticism, but yet Oli gets more. It, it really grinds my gears. But looking at that, a few other good teams. Seville are a good team as well. A few others, John. But looking at United, if they can hit the form that they were after the restart, they could really surprise a few. I mean, I think that I think we'll get out of the group. Minimum for me should really be the last eight. Really. I know people think that's crazy, but we're Man United. Mm. Yeah, uh, the, the, advan the advantage we've got this year is, is the weight of expectation isn't there either. Nobody expects us to do no. anything. So there's, no, so there's no pressure there either now. Um, and PSG, the onus will be on them to come at us tomorrow. The, the, they'll be on, the onus will be on them to attack. So we can tomorrow we can do what we do best and play counter-attack, which is why I would suggest maybe go in a, a back three with Teles and you know, either Williams or Wambasaka as wing backs, and then play that diamond in the middle. But for me, the biggest bonus is we've got no weight of expectation this year. Nobody expects us to do anything, so we can play a bit more freely. I completely agree with that. I'm going to ask you for your predictions, guys, before we go. Sav, what are you saying tomorrow? What is your prediction? I'm going to go for uh, one each. One each. Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same. What about you, James? Yeah, Desmond. Do you I think reckon, so? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be goals in there, definitely. I, you know, I think uh, two two, definitely. I, I think it's going to be, we could could even be two one. I'm positive. I'm positive about the game. I love that. I love that. I hope we're hitting form at the right yeah. time. Sav, it's yeah, been it's an been absolute there. pleasure, mate. Have you? I hope you've enjoyed today. I know it's the first time you've done this, both of you, I think, isn't it, or second time for you? But I hope you had a good time, mate. And thank you for coming on. Loved, loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll make John sure we'll do this again. As well. yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. John okay, says, lovely. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and uh, to James, mate, it's absolutely okay. pleasure to finally put a face to name as well. And um, we'll do this hopefully once a month. We can make it sort of Sav and Double J show. So to all the listeners, thank you for getting your comments in. Make sure you give them a follow. They've already got a massive following anyway, so give me a follow. I've only got about two and a half thousand. So uh, make sure you follow me. Hit the like button. I'll, hit the I'll subscribe button. Yeah, oh, that'd be great, mate. And we'll see you next time. Okay.